1: Great to be back with you, folks. We certainly hope this finds you well and in the arms of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He alone is worthy of our worship. We're with Kevin and uh, electronically. Kevin's about halfway across the country. He's in Madison, Wisconsin. It's it's cold there. His power unit's out. His slide out is more messed up than our soup sandwich. I I mean, Kevin, when it rains, it pours. Tell us what's going on there in Madison with your coach. <laughs>
2: Well, it is raining outside. It's going to rain for the next several days, which is always fun when you're dealing with electricity out, you know, coming into the coach, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so, no, the well the the full wall slide, it's that if you've ever seen one of these long coaches, a 41-foot coach is diesel pushers, made for full-time living. So it's, they're they're made a cut above the average coach. And um, but this full wall slide you know, just over the years, it got uh, some damage on one of the rollers. that rolls over the floor. The bottom rolls on the floor, and anyway, one of the rollers got messed up. When it did, it hung up on the uh, on a retraction. When I was retracting, it hung up and wrecked the floor of the slide. And, I mean, just bent up some some serious. Uh, gusseting and and stainless things and i called the factory because i thought man this has got to be a factory type of thing where they can even diagnose it and i sent them pictures and they're like yeah this is where we have to rebuild the the floor of the slide and it's going to take uh, 80 hours so i said you've got to be kidding and he said how much an hour it would be it's it's going on i've 165 185 anyway and then you know and it goes up from there so um, to that plus the power is, you know, the power box that fried was a, a $880, $850 power box. So, wow. you know, it's just, it's, it's life when your coach has, you know, someone said driving a motor coach down the road is like dri- putting, you know, driving your house down the road with gale force winds and an earthquake. And so it's just, it's just gonna stuff's just going to happen and uh so i'm just looking to the lord because where he guides he provides
1: yeah and and folks join us in prayer about that perhaps god would move in your hearts uh you know to help kevin get down the road with this um i this is a big deal he uh, he's out there working Uh, for the Lord. He's out there doing his thing. He is rolling down the road in his ranch house and that's Kevin's house. And one day he lives in Madison, Wisconsin. The next day he may be in Orclair. I always think of Eclair when I think about that. I always (laughs) want want to go over to Dunkin' Donuts and get one of those uh, uh, Boston uh, Eclairs. But Kevin's, you know, he's gluten-free. So even talking about this is causing him some problems. But we move along, folks, and we're continuing on with what is supposed to be um what is supposed to be hard trivia questions and uh um yeah so as we move along i've been asking some questions kevin's on a hundred percent as we hear here on uh, uh on a wednesday on monday and tuesday he's knocked both of them out of the park and on wednesday's question is what was jacob's youngest son called so what's the name of jacob's youngest son kevin Uh, Benjamin. Benjamin. Now, remember, there was so much. Look at that. There's 100%. Folks, let me tell you uh, there's Bible trivia going on around the world. I, I would, I would really think that anybody's banging out the hundreds at Kevin are. So hang with them tomorrow. We're talking, we're comparing the Abrahamic covenant with six others and we're we're going to get an essay question of how they are. No, I'm only joking. But today, as we move forward, where, uh, yeah, someone asked me on my ordination console. So would you compare the Abrahamic covenant against? Yeah. I was like, I was looking at them and I was ready to start crying. Then they started laughing, but, uh, so today, as we move forward, I want to call today seeking God. Well, so we keep on bringing up these things, these characteristics of PTSD, these things we should do if we have PTSD. The we started Monday, we dealt with hatred. We uh, yesterday we dealt with power uh, over death that only God has, and and now our responsibility when we're in the midst of this is seeking God. in uh, In the Book of Matthew, in chapter six, the Bible reminds us but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you and when you're in Matthew chapter 6 it's talking about what God can do for the flowers what God can do for the animals what God can do what God can do for you but it begins with seeking God it begins with trust in him like the psalmist said in 119 the longest chapter in the Bible and it says with my whole heart have I sought thee oh let me not wander from my commandments and and uh, over and over again I don't want to leave that and 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 over in Jeremiah it says and ye shall seek me and find me and we when you shall search for me with all your heart you want to find them search for God with all your heart over in the book of Philippians we've talked about this before where with with a church of Philippi where Paul's saying work out your salvation he's not saying you got to work to be saved you're saved now do something with it make it about seeking in God make your life about God make your life about putting God first have the power of God that's what it's talking about Kevin we need this so badly in our lives
2: mm. you know there's a good metaphor for seeking God that I that I just now came upon um, and it's helped me before the the, uh, the term following hard after God and uh, you know uh, some 63, verse 8 says, my soul followeth hard after thee, thy right hand upholdeth me. And I remember when I was a kid, my dad walked, I must have been three years old, three, four years old. My dad would walk with me down the streets of Duncannon, Pennsylvania, where I was uh, spent the first four years of my life. And dad would, his right hand would hold me. You know, he <clears throat> I, I was just a little guy walking next to him. We'd walk pretty good distances. And, uh, I remember walking up the hill, uh, that city's built on a hill along the banks of the Susquehanna, we'd go up the hill to the old fairgrounds. And I can remember that and dad, uh, holding my hand. And, you know, sometimes I'd trip and his hand would uphold me from falling, from falling, but my, my job, my feet had to go. So while I had security in my father, I didn't have to worry about like dying and falling and breaking my face. But my feet had to go. I had to follow him. I had to seek, you know, as it were, seeking him. In other words, there was a, uh, a track, a definite track that when he went forward, I had to go forward. And to me, that just helped me about the idea of following hard, because there are times in the Bible that it talks about, you know, someone taking off on a horse or someone else getting on another horse and following hard after him, trying to chase him down. And you know sometimes God just seems absent, and when those times happen, we have to seek Him, Doug. We have to say, yeah. "Where'd you go?" All right, I'm gonna saddle my horse. I'm gonna I'm gonna find Him. When well, when I find Him, like it says in the book of Sol- uh, Song of Solomon, I'm gonna give Him my hand and I'm never gonna let go. I don't ever want to get away from Him. And I, I get distracted like anybody else, man. Good times, bad times, whatever happens, I get distracted. But man, it is a wondrous. Uh, privilege that God gives us. He says, you know what? If you don't find me, go, go looking for me. You'll, you'll find me.
1: Follow, follow, I will follow Jesus. I wish I could say. Folks, I wish that would come out as clear as uh, Guy Penrod. I don't know, you know. Uh, But I know we find ourselves continuing on with the life of Christ and seeking God and all these things we have to do as we heal, as our journey of healing takes us over and over again to the cross of Jesus Christ, as our journey of healing takes us over and over again to a Savior who loves you, Our journey of healing it it involves miracles, and uh, make no mistake about it. It's a miracle when one accepts Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Make no mistake about it. It's a miracle when Christ saves you. It's a miracle when God picks us up and puts us down the right road. It's a miracle when lives are changed. It's a miracle uh, when God fixes families. It's a miracle when God brings two hearts together. They're all miracles. Never take that for granted. Seek God. We find ourselves in the Book of John, chapter eleven. Verse 45, beginning with that, then many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things which Jesus did believed on him. They're like, man, you got to believe this guy. Old Stinky woke up in the tomb. <laughs> but some of them went their ways to the Pharisees and told them what things Jesus had done. There's always people who want to ruin the birthday party. I'm just up front with you here. Then gathered the chief priests and the Pharisees a consul and said, What do we? For this man doeth many miracles miracles. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him and the Romans will come and take away our place and nation. We're worried about our place and nation. Hey, God is there. Don't worry about your place and nation. If we let him thus alone, all men will believe on him and the Romans shall come and take away both our place and nation. I could read that 50 times and just to say, folks, don't worry about your place and nation. Worry about God. And and one of them named Caiaphas being and the high priest that same year saith unto them, you know nothing at all, nor consider that it is expected to be prophecy that one should die for the people and that whole nation should perish not. And this spake, not of himself, but being high in the prophet, he prophesied that year Jesus should die for the nation and not for the nation only, but also he should gather together in one of the children of God that were scattered abroad. We'll be right back. Hang with us. so much going on here wherever there's belief there's opposition wherever god's people stand up wherever people make a stand wherever the word of god is published folks when we're seeking god there's going to be opposition and here's this wonderful miracle that happened listen listen lazarus was raised from the dead Lazarus came back to life. They're cutting off the, uh, the you know, his legs being wrapped and his arms being wrapped, and they're taking that napkin, that, that beautiful cotton piece off of his face, and he's walking around, he's smiling, he's laughing, he's, uh, I mean, there's stuff going on, yet people want to run to the Pharisees, they, you know, people want opposition, and people want these things, and they go to the high priest, and the high priest starts bringing up, well, isn't it better for one to die than a whole nation, isn't it better for? these things to go on all kinds of crazy things going on and they're they're talking about prophetic fulfillment and in these pharisees let me tell you there are people in this world brethren trust me on this there are people in this world you can walk up to and say god just fixed everything you're going to live to a hundred your kids are all right your bills are all paid life's going good and they're going to say why in the world would that guy get in my way kevin I mean, there, there are just people in this world that are more messy than a soup sandwich, And but here's God. He, he raises Lazarus, and people run and get the Pharisees.
2: Yeah. Boy, when I saw that, that after Lazarus is raised, but some of them went their way to the Pharisees, and any – just like you said, Doug, in, in any good thing that happens, there's gonna be some negative people. And in this case, it's along the lines of, <clears throat> excuse me, of loyalty, because their loyalty was still to the Pharisees. They could not discern that the Pharisees would uh, abuse the situation or misuse the situation and, and try to turn it around and, and, and put Jesus to death and Lazarus again to death. And so uh, th- these people that went the way to the Pharisees, their loyalty was so messed up that they um, that they they disappeared, and you know everyone's saying, "Wow, this is incredible! This was a genuine miracle." Boy, you're right. Let me tell the Pharisees. And you know, there's 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 something about you know uh, trolling for attention. You know, trolling for someone who's going to validate you and flatter you and even uh, love bomb you and say, oh, you're wonderful. Here's some money. You you are. God bless you. You have really helped our nation. You're a great you're a great American. You know, you're you're very loyal Israelite. These are the Pharisees talking to the people that came with the information. And and folks, I think we need to make sure that our loyalty is is discerning and we say, wait a minute, God's done something. I am not going to use this. I'm not going to take this and talk about it to the wrong people. I'm not going to use this to make myself look good, to, you know, get some bennies from the, uh, from the old Pharisees here. So I I don't uh, think that these, that the crowd that all watched, obviously I'm talking about Lazarus that heard Lazarus get saved and, excuse me, raised, and then watched Lazarus you know kind of walk home and walk around talking about it i don't think that all the crowd that quote believed in the miracle believed in jesus as uh, as is evidenced by uh, where they ran and uh, i would say that whenever god does something we should recognize that following that is going to be uh, a, a division of based on loyalty, where some people are going to use it to empower Satan and use it to empower the enemy of all that we're trying to do. And so we need to be careful. And Jesus recognized that. That's why he sometimes, you know, kind of did things secretly as far as some of the miracles. Uh, you know, he just he, did, he knew when to broadcast it and when not to. And, uh, boy, I want, I want the Lord to give me that kind of discernment, Doug.
1: Yeah, you and me both, brother. I, You know, and here's the thing. Uh, you know, folks, wherever God is working, I don't want to overemphasize this. I don't want to push this. But I want to take <clears throat> it down to the micro level of your life. When God starts working in your life, the spirit that is within you, the Holy Spirit of God, messes with that evil spirit who <laughs> are among the Cretans that <laughs> you're around who are among the knuckleheads and, and folks, but I want to tell you, we just trust God. We move forward. Uh, you know, there's an, and an, an, the, the gospels all inclusive, everybody's welcome. And so we invite people, we show people, but you know, there's, the door swings on opposition sometimes. And, and, and friends. So I say all that to say this to you, serve God, live like God saved you because he had live like God uh, because he has live like God is gonna do a work with you because he's going to live like God is gonna resurrect that nasty old body of yours because he will uh live like uh, being present uh, you know being uh, uh absent from the body is being present with God live that life understand uh, that there's this atonement that God gives us and, uh, <clears throat> and you know through his sacrificial death and the burial, the resurrection, being at the right hand of the Father. and uh, God has this sovereign plan for us, and and we're going to be in those crowds, and we're going to be around those people who don't get this. We're going to be around these people who are uh, different than we are, but we still have every right. We still have every reason. We still have uh, service to God. We serve him. We trust him, and there's always going to be opposition where there's belief, friends, but God's sovereign plan rules out. God always rules out, seeking God, putting him first, trusting him, all these things, all these things, eternal life, beauty, wonderfulness, uh, the Holy Spirit of God indwelling within you to give you everything. They're going to be added to you, but seek God. So we have this decision Every day when we wake up, every day when we wake up, Kevin, we're making a decision. Do we seek God today? Do we put God on high or do we put life on high? Do we call God up? Is he our answer? Do we plug in that, that godly music that Kevin was talking about? Do we find ourselves on our knees or are we part of the opposition or we just want to get out of their way? I'm not sure what it is, but I'm here to tell you folks, seek God Put God first, live with God on high. He's in your heart. He will give you everything you need today, Kevin.
2: Yeah, in every situation, there's a sovereign God at work. And even reading here while you were talking and listening to you, it says, uh, one of them, verse 49, named Caiaphas being the high priest the same year, said, you don't, you know, basically, you don't know that that this is true. I'm telling you that one man needs to die for everyone to save us all. And it says in verse fifty-one, but this spake he not of himself, of being the high priest that year. He prophesied that Jesus should die for that nation, and so on and so forth. So what I see is God's sovereignty. Now Caiaphas was was meaning it as a reason. He's saying, "Kill Jesus, that the Romans don't come and take our nation." But God is saying, even in this horrific time of darkness where it seems Satan is having his way. He was saying, God God was saying something through Caiaphas that, that one man should die for the people. Hallelujah. He's going to die for the sins of everyone. So there's this dual meaning and there's this dual thread of activity. There's God working and there's Satan working and Doug there's, there's, almost without fail this principle that when i am in the darkest place of my life that's when i don't sense or don't believe or, or or lost track lost sight of a sovereign god that even the in the in the time when there's a bad occurrence where you know if i was arrested and brought before Joe Biden, and, and, and not that that's going to happen, he's the president, I get it, but if I, I, mean, if I was just brought the, and someone in charge in a chain of command said, well, let me just tell you, we feel like you being a Christian are the enemy of all righteousness, we're going to get rid of you. Even in that situation, I can look for God because God spoke through Caiaphas, not the way Caiaphas meant it. God will speak through someone in the chain of command, not the way they mean it, but it might be that I am being brought before kings, like Jesus said later, as a testimony. Ten seconds, brother. Yeah, so God knows what he's doing. (laughs)
1: the best wrap up I've ever heard folks God knows what he's doing and we don't so hang with us come back tomorrow we're going to be looking at the divine sovereignty of God and how he makes a difference in our life we sure do love you we're honored by you hey pray about Kevin and his coach may God bless you
0: thank you for listening to our broadcast at health for wounded spirits we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.